listeners. Welcome to another episode of the Women and Work podcast. I'm Courtney Moore. Missy Branch and I are joined today by Caroline Cobb. She is a singer-songwriter. So this is going to be a really great episode for you if you are interested in learning about a career in the music industry. On the show, she chats with us about how she even began this journey in music. She describes her style of music. She talks about why storytelling is so important, especially in the arts and in music. Um, she talks about her most recent album. It's called Psalms that just came out in May of 2023. So you're going to want to check that out for sure. And she also chats with us about her songwriting process, how she goes about creating new music. So let me just tell you a little bit more about about her. Caroline Cobb is a singer-songwriter who before her 30th birthday, she set a goal to write a song for every book of the Bible in just one year. So that year set a new calling into motion to tell God's story through music, helping you rehearse it and respond to it as you go about your everyday. So in 2021, uh, she came out with an album called A King and His Kindness. In that album, she zoomed in on Jesus and that built on Caroline's previous storytelling projects. And those include A Seed, A Sunrise from 2019, The Blood and the Breath in 2013, and A Home and a Hunger in 2017. As I mentioned, in May of 2023, she came out with her newest album, Psalms. Caroline has been featured by Christianity Today, The Gospel Coalition, Risen Motherhood, and many more. And her album, A Home and a Hunger, was named among the best albums of the 2010s decade by The Gospel Coalition. Caroline and her husband live in Dallas, Texas with their three children, Ellie, Harrison, and Libby. And you can listen to Caroline's music on Spotify, Apple Music, and all other streaming services. Hope you will enjoy this episode. All right. So Caroline, we're so glad you're here. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me guys. I really appreciate it. Um, so let's talk about just you and kind of your life a little bit. Tell us, um, where you you live in Dallas now, but is that where you you grew up and, um, how did you just briefly share with us how you came to faith in Christ? So, um, I grew up in Houston, Texas, and then we've lived our adult life kind of all over the place. It's kind of hard to keep track of. Um, so we live in Dallas now, but, uh, after we got married, we lived in Dallas for a little bit and had corporate jobs, but then we took a huge pivot and we moved overseas. Um, we lived in China for a year and then my husband went to seminary in Boston and I worked there. And then we lived in Tyler, Texas, which is where my husband's from. And then we lived in California in the Bay area. And now we moved back here. So we've been kind of all over the place and transition is kind of part of my story, but we are really excited to be rooted in one place now. Um, and unless God is like really clear, we're hoping we can stay here and just be rooted. Um, but in terms of how I came to know Jesus, it's kind of a funny story a little bit, but he was definitely, God was definitely working on my heart all through high school. But when I was a junior year in my junior year of high school, I went to this retreat and the speaker said, you know, what is uh, something that you value? And I had a car at the time. And so that was my most valued prized possession. And he said, if you, um, it was kind of a bribe tactic. He said, I want you to show that you value God, meet with him every day for six weeks through prayer and reading the Bible. And if you miss a day, you have to give up that thing that you value for six weeks. And so it was sort of this bribe and it's not really theologically uh, <laughs> something I would recommend, but for me, it really worked. Right. And so 
that was when I started to, I did not want to give up my car and I had said I would. So I like kept my promise and I started to meet with the Lord every day. And, um, he really captivated my heart and I started changing. And so I think I may, maybe in one of those ones that it's hard to pin down when I became a Christian, but in terms of when I saw that he was sort of the center of my life and he had gotten a hold of me and wasn't letting go, that was junior year of high school. And that was really where it started. But again, I don't know if I recommend that tactic per se, but it, uh, it worked for me. That's awesome. That is so beautiful. Yes. I mean, you know, youth groups and retreats, they, the youth leaders get creative and they do everything they can. And they're like, Lord, use use this, please. And clearly it worked. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But I mean, I, I would like, I would be at a sleepover and be like, I got to read my Bible. And that's embarrassing, you know? And so I think it just put in me this, like, no, this is important. And um, obviously I would never say it was based on me. I just feel like that's the way that God kind of came in and really started changing me and gave me a distaste for anything but him, you know, and uh, things really started changing then. In some ways though, it kind of just reminds me of fasting. Um, not that you did without your car, but Mm -hmm. realizing like, Oh no, I will do without this. Like he has to be more valuable than X, Y, or Z, even food if you're thinking about fasting. Interesting. Right. That's, That's awesome. great. I didn't use it. <laughs> so, well, just bribe my way in. I don't know. <laughs> He'll take us anyway. Right? <laughs> yes. So uh, tell us, how did your musical career begin? How did you begin with the writing and then performing and then even doing it publicly? But I'm also curious is whether you play other instruments besides the guitar. Um, I really mainly play guitar and I probably could be better at guitar than I am for as long as I've played. I've played since high school. Um, But every time I sat down to practice, I would just write a song. And so a lot of (laughs) songs came out, um, but I can play guitar mostly, but I have been sitting at the piano lately and I can Mm -hmm. mess around on the piano. Um, I would never necessarily feel like I could perform on the piano, but it's a great place for me to write songs. But yeah, in, in high school is when right around the same time I became, I really started following the Lord and um, kind of became a Christian uh, or marked that down that this is what I was going to be. Um, I also started writing songs right around that same time. My mom had taught me a few chords on the guitar. And this is also kind of a funny story, but I went on a date with a guy and he played me a song that he had written. And I went home and I started writing songs. I was like, I can do that. So it didn't really work out with that. Yeah. It didn't really work out with that guy, but, um, it really worked out with the songwriting thing. And so a lot of my songs, you know, because it was right when I was starting to follow the Lord and where he was really capturing my heart are about like my faith journey, but it really wasn't until I made that goal of writing a song for every book of the Bible in a year that I started moving this songwriting thing from like a really important confusing hobby, an expensive hobby to something that was like, no, this is, you know, what I want to do. This is something that I feel called to do. Um, that year of learning to marry the beauty of scripture with the joy of songwriting and all the tools that a songwriter has was sort of like the aha moment for me of, wow, this is something that I can continue to do. This is such a deep well. Um, so that was really the beginning of what you know, the iteration that it is now. And how did you, I'm sorry, Courtney, but how did you know you could sing? Like not, 
you know, a lot of people think they can sing because their mom is like, mm-hmm. oh, my baby can sing. But how did you know that you could actually sing? And then. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's kind of it's kind of been a story of weakness and just submitting my weakness mm-hmm. to the Lord, because I don't I never thought I could sing, <laughs> you know, oh, like I just enough. was writing these songs. And wow. um, when you look when I listen back on those first demos, like my voice um was not great. You know, it was okay, but it was more of just trusting the Lord to like, I need, somebody needed to sing them. And I guess it was me. And so, um, (laughs) as I've grown, grown and, uh, matured and as I've gotten more comfortable, like in my own voice, I wouldn't say that I could go on American Idol and get very far, you know, but I, but I feel like this is the voice and the, the, um, the thing that I have to carry this good news. So it's really not about my voice or my skills impressing you. I want to do it with excellence. I want to steward this story well, but it's really about the story. And so I I do feel more confident in my voice now. Um, But I would say that it began in a lot of weakness and I still feel weakness there and just submit that to the Lord that I'm a jar of clay, but I have this great story I can tell. And even in my weakness, sometimes that makes him even more beautiful because I don't want people to look at me, you know? So, so yeah. So I wish I could like wail like certain singers can. Uh, Sometimes I try and sometimes I could do it, but I, yeah, I'm still growing. Honestly, that's just so encouraging for some of our listeners who are just themselves feeling, oh, I'd love to do this, but I'm just not that great. And so it's really encouraging, I think, to see you say, no, I'm just going to offer this to the Lord. This is just going to be my worship. I'm going to worship him in weakness and he can bless it if he wants. I think that's really beautiful. I want to just do a follow up because you said you guys, you and your husband were kind of in these corporate jobs, you're moving around Mm -hmm. and all that. And then you really decided, okay, when you were, you know, before your 30th birthday, you're going to give this a try. Was there something that happened that made you decide now's the time, you know, I'm going to actually pursue this. What, what led that about? Um, A couple of things. Uh, Number one, I think that before it was just sort of something I did to process, like almost like um, a really expensive form of scrapbooking, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So there was that But then when I found sort of the what of the thing in music that I was passionate about, which is telling God's story through scripture, um, that is when the what kind of drove, you know, actually doing it, you know, the purpose behind it, it gave me this whole new landscape of like, why? And it, it was also cool because it's not about me. It's about his story, but I get to just steward it. And so anybody could do it. Right. But, but for whatever reason, God gave me this heart to do this thing. And so when, when it became less about me and my songs and look at me and more about look at God, it gave me so much more freedom to be like, no, I'm going to do this. So for my personality, that was a huge turning point. And on a practical level, my husband and I kind of had a sit down and a little bit of a come to Jesus. And it was like, Hey, if you, want to do this, you should, this is him talking. If you want to do this, you should like really do it because it's really expensive to do as a hobby. Um, and it is like making music is really expensive. And so I think it was a combination of those two conversations and it might sound like a harsh conversation, but it was actually like really, uh, empowering and kind of made me stop hiding behind this false humility of like, Oh, I don't know. I'm not that good or whatever, you know, and be like, okay, no, like, either I should just do this or not do it, do it all the way or not do it. And so, um, that was, those two things happened at the same time where I was loved 
writing from scripture and telling the story and also like I need to do this all the way. And so, yeah, so that was a big turning point for me right around when I was turning 30. That's great. No, that's, I love yeah. how the practical aspect really was kind of the push, like, no, we're going to do this. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. there's a lot of the facets of what you do. You're writing the music, you're playing the music, you're performing, you're producing, you're collaborating with other artists. What is maybe, what do you enjoy the most? Or have you mm-hmm. even been surprised by, oh, I really like this and I didn't think I would? Yeah. I mean, I think it started out with a love of just writing songs. And I still think that's my my deepest love in this whole thing. But I also really like the recording process because that's really artistic and collaborative. And, you know, you have this song burning a hole in your pocket and you want to get it out. And it's almost like giving birth because now it's here and it's it's better than you had in your head because more people brought their talents to the song. And so that's a really beautiful process. And then I do really love playing shows. It's hard in my season of life to get out the door. Um, But when I'm on the stage and when I'm able to, especially with the mindset of it's not about me, I'm a jar of clay, I'm not trying to impress you, but look at this great news that we have. Like, look Mm -hmm. at this story. Isn't it beautiful? Like when I have that mindset, playing those shows is just so fun and so life-giving and I feel a little bit of what, you know, when Eric Liddell uh, in the Chariots of Fire, when he says, when I run, I feel God's pleasure. There's some kind of um, mm-hmm. magic, for lack of a better word, that I feel in those moments. And I think it partly it's because a lot of what I do is alone. And in those concert settings, those are real people with real stories. They're not just numbers on my Spotify or um, on my Instagram. Those are real people that I get to interact with. And they tell me what a certain song meant. And that's really rewarding. I don't think God owes me that. But I also love when there are non-Christians there. So I play a lot of shows Mm. at churches that are a little bit outreach based. Like a lot of churches will say, we're having this women's event. This is the event where women invite their non-Christian friends or their unchurched friends. And I love that because I think music um, and art and movies and those are a little bit more accessible. Sometimes people don't put their defenses up. Um, They have, they're, yeah, they're more maybe open to hearing, and but it's still the story of God's good news. They're just not being preached at. They're being sung to, and it does something different, and I love that. That's that's really, really cool for me. I played one time in a prison, and for a female prison, uh, for female prisoners, and I just loved like telling them about Jesus mm-hmm. through music yeah. um, so and his grace and his kindness, and I don't know. So there's something really beautiful about that, too. Yeah, there is. Wow. What? How would you describe your style of music? And has that always been like your go-to style? Yeah, I do. I kind of am really in the singer-songwriter vein. I think just being from Texas, I kind of lean Americana sometimes if you mm-hmm. want to put me into a category. So mm-hmm. someone the other day told me that I sounded like Brandy Carlisle, and I was real excited about that. I don't know who <laughs> She's much better than me. Um, but I would say like the Andrew Peterson, Sainter McCracken okay. kind of world mm-hmm. is where I love to try to live. Um, yeah. So that's what I usually do. Yeah. Well, you really mentioned that you love telling the story of scripture. And so just in general, why do you feel like storytelling is so important? And especially in the form of music and art, you kind of mentioned a minute ago how it really connects with us emotionally. Um, you know, 
God, God did that. God made us to be those, to be humans who connect with that. And I feel like, you know, combined with storytelling is a really powerful method um, to learn about God and connect with him. So just kind of talk about the importance of that. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm big on that. I feel like sometimes we think of ourselves as kind of, I think James K. Smith talked about being like brains on a stick where we just mm-hmm. take in data and yeah. we just push in truth. And I think that there is something important about that, about our mind and engaging our mind, but we're all supposed to, we're also supposed to love the Lord with all our heart. And I think he made us these imaginative creatures where we're not just data collectors. We don't just get to download truth and then robotically act it out. Um, we care about beauty. We're moved by a story and we don't even understand why it's happening because there is a mystery. A mysterious aspect to it. So I think knowing that, that we're imaginative creatures and that God gets at us through beauty and story and music um, is just something that empowers me to know that art does matter. Um, sometimes in our kind of industrial mindset, we think like, is this efficient to be sitting down and writing a song rather than checking off my to-do list? Um, but it, 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 in God's kingdom, he has made it to matter. And so I think that that's something that I have to keep in mind because um, I like checking the box too and feeling like I accomplished something that day or that I, the spreadsheet looks good and we can finish a project. But there's something about creative work that's a little bit different than some other work. It's more like sowing a seed and some things take and some things don't. And does it matter that we're sitting there and cultivating the ground? Uh, does it matter that we do this thing? I think it does. It's just hard sometimes to see the fruit, um, but it's a deep work that God does use because we're imaginative creatures that meet him and God's word dwells in us richly through music and story and art. And it's really um, such a, I feel like for you and songwriters and musicians, it's such a work of faith because exactly what you're saying. I mean, you're planting a seed and you don't know if I'm sitting in my house in El Paso, Texas, and you're eight hours away in Dallas, you have no idea how I'm interacting with what you've produced. And mm-hmm. it's really, like you mentioned a minute ago, it's an act of worship, but it's, it's a really an act of faith. You're putting it out there and saying, okay, Lord, here it is. You're going to have to do mm-hmm. with it what you will. And you won't even maybe even see the results this right. lifetime. Right. And I feel like too, I feel like as, as one who enjoys music, um, sometimes, you know, there are songs that you really, really resonate with, you know, mm-hmm. I, you know, it's like, wow, you know, there'll just even be a line or a lyric mm-hmm. that is like, oh my goodness, the Lord just really uses that. And I know on my end, it's like, God, I wish I could talk to the artist. I wish I could tell this person how <laughs> much this meant to me. Um, so I don't know. I think it's, it's just really powerful, the work that yeah. you do. I think it's the same though with podcasts or writing a book like you guys have done. And sometimes you don't know what God is doing with that thing, but Mm. we're not necessarily called to measure our success by numbers or um, any of those things. We're called to just trust the Lord that he's doing a deep work in people and somehow in God's kingdom, you know, it matters. Yeah. I love that. Caroline, I grew up in a church where I watched people be moved by the words of hymns, like Mm -hmm. literally moved. Like you could see them when the word Jesus came up and how the the amount of passion that came into them singing Jesus. And I Mm -hmm. was moved by watching how they were moved. And so when I was a little girl, I would write songs from the Psalms. And the thing that is so fun about 
that season is, I, first of all, I remember them because I wrote songs about them. But the thing about the Psalms that stood out to me was just how beautifully God was described, even in his wrath or even in his mm-hmm. um, anger. But God was just such beautiful words were used to describe him in the book of Psalms. So we know that your album is coming out with the Psalms. And when I read that, I was so excited because mm-hmm. it just took me back to being moved by God and the beauty of who he is. What led you to focus on Psalms this time? Yeah. Um, this album is called the poetry of prayer. So all of my mm-hmm. albums that are telling the story are like an alliteration, but I think for me, these songs really did come out of a season of just praying these words back to God whenever we all shut down in 2020. I don't know about you guys, but I felt very aimless, like even in my (laughs) quiet times, even in my time with the Lord. And I just, I had already kind of thought about a few songs from the Psalms, but I just started reading the Psalms. So it was nice to know this is where, what my aim is. Yesterday I read Psalm 139. So today I'm reading Psalm 140 and I'm going to study it and take it in. And then I'm going to pray it back to God. And that last part was really Mm -hmm. important. And out of that came all of these songs or some of these songs and really the idea for the album. And so um, I'm really excited about it because I feel like I've been telling this big story and it's sort of panoramic But the last couple of albums, I've tried to zoom in. So on Jesus, I was really trying to zoom in almost if you talk cinematically about this big story. And prayer, uh, these are meant to be prayers. So I'm zooming in on sort of how we inhabit this story and how we, you know, talk back to God about this story and praise him for this story. So it's safe to assume you're not doing a song per psalm, right? (laughs) No, I mean, that would be fun. That would be incredible, right? Yes, yes. All right. So let's actually talk about your songwriting process. And I'm really thinking about the the women who are listening who think, gosh, I think, think I could be good at that. Like talk to mm-hmm. us about how do you even begin? Is it just with an idea? Is it with a phrase in the Bible? Or do you already have kind of a melody in your head? And you're like, no, let me go back now and put some words to that. Um, talk to us just how you go about doing it. Yeah. Um, I think for me, kind of having my antenna up at all times. So I might be driving in the car and I come up with some melody and I might record it on a voice memo and keep that for another time. But really most of the time it starts with an idea. So I'm studying something in Bible study, my women's Bible study at church. Mm -hmm. And I just feel compelled to write a song about that. Or maybe our church women's retreat, we're going to talk about freedom. And so I want to help some women at our church write a song about freedom so that we can sing it together. So there's sort of this idea first. Um, Also too, like when I'm writing an album, I have, you know, a collection of songs. Sometimes I'll look at the whole album, like when I was doing the Jesus album and say, I think there's a song missing. There's a, there's an idea missing. And so for the Jesus album, I had all these songs about compassion and his interactions with people, but I didn't have uh, really any songs about sort of this other side of Jesus, when you're looking at the portrait of Jesus, of him like turning over tables and his righteous anger and his calling us to follow him and take up our cross. And so I wanted to write songs about those types of things too. So I would, Mm. for the Turning Tables song, I like listened to a sermon. Um, I tried to understand that passage on my own and just, you know, the who, what, when, where, why, and study it as I would if I was going to exposit it and teach it at Bible study, let's say, and then get to sit down with all the tools that a songwriter has, the melody, um, how you put words together, and the melody and the lyrics really come at the same time. So um, usually it starts with an idea, and then 
the melody and the lyrics come at the same time when I really take time to sit down and write on a song. That is so great. And like, I think I'm almost, I'm like jealous. You have a job that keeps you in the Bible. (laughs) Like you just get to be in God's word and then let that pour out from you. And we all have the ability to do that, but it's just beautiful that that that's what your work is. Mm -hmm. So my husband is a recording artist, so I really understand, well, not I really understand, but I have seen the value of the relationship between the artist and their producer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know you've had the opportunity to work with some great producers. For those young musicians out there who don't have the funds to go to Nashville and hire the person or New York City and hire the person, yeah. um, how should they start out and then be okay with getting there eventually? Yeah. Um, that's a good question. Um, when I started working with a producer, different producers, that was really helpful for me. Uh, but I think for me, it also, we have to begin as we're talking with like a new songwriter that might just be starting out writing songs, or maybe they have been writing songs for a long time. I think it really starts with the work, the songs themselves. And if you are making your songs as good as they possibly be, there will be a moment where you know that it's time to record. So we don't Mm -hmm. want to just, just because we have a song doesn't mean it should be recorded. And so use, Mm -hmm. use that time to build what, to make your song as good as possible, um, to keep writing songs, allow yourself to write bad songs because eventually you'll have a collection (laughs) of songs that are saying one thing or that, are really compelling as an album or something like that. And uh, so I guess my first thought is just concentrate on making the songs as good as they could possibly be. And then second, we would love Mm -hmm. to see all of our songs on Spotify or out in the world. I feel like it really does feel like giving birth, you know, like finally Mm -hmm. this thing that I've been brewing on is out there. But sometimes that song is for your friend and you record it on your voice memo on your phone And again, that matters in God's kingdom or that song is for your church. And so instead of being like, I'm not doing it until I get there, maybe you are doing it. It's just a matter of how you define what it is. Um, So there's a question there, too, of like, is that is this necessarily the path that this song needs to take or is it for a different Mm. purpose? But then finally, I think there's a lot of great tools out there for people who want to step in and record and and go, um, that we, they didn't used to have, like now you don't have to be on a label. Um, you can do Kickstarter to raise money to make Mm. music. And so I would encourage, like, if you feel like the work is strong and these songs really need to live outside of your church body or on Spotify or whatever it is, that Kickstarter is a really great option. Um, but my one thought on Kickstarter is that a lot of, I've seen a lot of songwriters go on there and say, it's my dream to take my songs and record them so that I can have my songs like out there, you know, and it's very like self-fulfillment sounding. Um, so do your songs have a more compelling, uh, God serving, look at God kind of message. Mm. And when you're on Kickstarter and you're writing that intro to why people should support you, is it about you just fulfilling a dream or can you say it in a way 
uh, that reflects a heart of this is why I think these songs are important and how they could serve you and how they can serve the church. Wow. Does that make sense? And sometimes people yeah. talk in self-fulfilling terms, but they don't even have that heart. And so it is a matter of why. Why, did the, why does the world need these songs and how can they serve and point to God? And then if you have something compelling, maybe it won't just be your mom and your best friend that supports you on Kickstarter. It's people that are like, yeah, I want songs about this concept or yeah, I want some more songs of lament or yeah, the church needs this. And so that's my encouragement when people are thinking about Kickstarter is, is this about you or is this about something bigger where you can serve? I think that's really, really helpful and wise. Yeah. I hadn't even, I did not think you were going to answer it that way. So that was <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we mentioned you're a mom of three. Now, how old are your kids, Caroline? They're almost 13. Um, ooh, and, uh, almost 11 and nine. Okay. So they're not babies These anymore. Fun no. Years. <laughs> no, we're so, in a sweet, sweet spot. In yes. terms of your time and schedule for mm-hmm. writing, recording, traveling, how, how do you do it? Uh, I know every family is different. Every woman is different. Every schedule looks different. Um, but for you, how are you uh, I mean, and one reason I asked this is because, you know, just when you're talking about, you know, you have these ideas and you're, you're kind of, mm-hmm. your antenna's always up. I mean, you might have an idea, but you know, you got to go cook dinner or, mm-hmm. you know, right. how it seems like there would have to be a disciplined approach to, okay, now's the time I do this or that. And now I've got to turn this off. How are you making it work? And then touring on top of that. Um, love to hear how just one of the practical side of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I've sought for a magic formula where I just know exactly what to do every day. Um, but I think my big overall overarching thought is that I, there is no formula, um, which is both freeing and frustrating. So I think just listening to the spirit and praying over every decision. Um, I think I've also had to acknowledge my limits um, where we might think that being a songwriter or a touring musician looks like this because we saw on Instagram that this person is doing it this way. And I just can't, we can't do that. Um, We have to know that God is a unique path for us and our running of the race is going to look different than the person next to us, but our faithfulness and their faithfulness um, doesn't always, yeah, our faithfulness in theirs doesn't always look the same. And so for me, just reminding myself, myself of that, um, constantly is important and acknowledging my limits too, that I do really want to be present for my kids and I want to, uh, play these shows. And so is God one time, my friend, um, Gloria Furman, if you guys know her, she's a writer, she, I was just telling her, like, I feel like these two calls and they pull against each other. And I don't know why God would do that to me. And she said, God is not schizophrenic, Caroline. He has one purpose for you. And so sometimes I don't always see how they fit together, but that's encouraging to know that he is, he has one purpose and one plan for me. And, um, I just need to listen and follow his spirit and follow his word and continue to walk it out. But Practically speaking, I do think there's something like a manager hat that I wear and an artist hat that I wear. Um, And the manager hat is the one booking shows and checking my email. And there's a ton to do. There's always more I could be doing in order to be a better promoter or a better whatever with music, make more music videos, do this, do that, do this. And I could wear the manager hat at all times. But if I don't 
carve out time to be an artist, then I'll only be a manager of an artist. And what I really want to do is the artist side. And so I've toyed with figuring out ways to like make Tuesdays deep work days or Tuesdays and Thursdays. I don't check email. I don't do social media, all these things that are more manager tasks. That's an important kind of idea for me. But that said, I mean, there are seasons where it's really hard to make that happen. Um, But I think it's important that we carve out time. So even when my kids were little, I would like put them in Mother's Day out for one day. And instead of using that day to clean my house or go to the grocery store or whatever, I would write songs on that day because I could technically clean my house while my kids were home, you know, or go to the grocery, even though it's not as, you know, enjoyable. Um, And then there was a season where we couldn't afford Mother's Day out in California, but I asked a friend, could you keep my kids for me for like three hours a week and I'll pay you a little bit. And I use those three hours to write songs and that's it. And so it's important that we carve out that time and, and guard it, I think, um, so that we're not, because we can wear the manager hat and there's so much more I could be doing that I have to draw a line at some point and say, no, my, you know, I really need to be writing songs. It's important in the long run. And really that applies to all kind of work because mm-hmm. no matter, right. you know, what it is, I mean, I think about that with laundry. My friend and I were just right. saying that the other day, I try not to do laundry when they're at school because I can fold clothes when they're home uh-huh. um, to really make sure you're doing the the deep work, like you called it, mm-hmm. when you have that space to do it. Missy, what were you going to say there? No, I was going to say that everything she said um, is helpful because I think no matter what the field, women are having to choose between what the world or someone else would call success Mm -hmm. and what success looks like for them in their own life. And so you may be choosing to get to do less videos, but to be more present in your relationships. Mm -hmm. And you may be choosing to um, maybe have... um, less posts on the, on your Instagram this week, but to be able to really write and to really be mom and to really be wife. And Mm -hmm. I think that the the true measure of success, while someone may say it's more likes is really at the end of our lives is the, the relationships I developed and the devotion to my savior and the opportunity to worship and lead my family in that way. And so, yeah, the, just being able to be okay with success for me and not Mm -hmm. success according to the world's metric is really freeing. Yeah, that's so true. So so as we close, what one piece of advice would you leave with musicians who are just starting out or women in general who want to honor God with their unique vocation or calling? Yeah. um, I think honestly, a lot of what you said, Missy, just now about how we measure success is really important um, to measure it on God's terms in faithfulness and not in these metrics, you know, because Mm -hmm. I think the world measures in platform and uh, number of streams or like how, how profitable you are. And those are important. I mean, we do need to make money at what we're doing per se, you know, to keep it sustainable. Um, If no one is listening, maybe that's a sign, you know, that (laughs) uh, you shouldn't do this. But at the same time, like we put so much stock in that or measure against other people and to say to God, no, God, your pathway for me, uh, listening to your spirit, keeping in step with your spirit, walking by your word is success. And I think, um, Mm. And so a lot of younger songwriters or artists really say like, I want to do it. And I referred to this earlier, but just to stop 
putting it in front of you because I mean, there's, I'm not there yet either. Like there are so many, there's always more you could do. There's always more people you could get to listen. There's always more success you could grab at when you're defining success by the way the world defines it. But what is right in front of you to do? What does faithfulness look like to you right now? What is God putting right in front of you? What's your little plot of land where you're sowing seeds and you're watching it grow um, through the Lord? And so I think we have to step back and you know, preach, preach at ourselves from God's word a lot, because it's going to be really easy to get off that path and to say, no, faithfulness is actually just abiding in Christ and letting him bear fruit through me instead of me chasing, because there will always be more. There's always more growth that you could get. And so if you base your success or yes, this is something that I should do that. Yes, this is something that matters on numbers like platform or popularity or profitability, then um, there's always more. You'll never be content. And so this Mm -hmm. is something I have to talk to myself about Mm -hmm. all the time because I have so many ideas, so many things that I'd love to chase down, so much more I'd like to do, but we are limited and God has just called me to be faithful. And so I, I am constantly asking, what does that look like? And praying that I, to that end, that I could be faithful um, and redefine success. So that is so good. Yes. Well, thank you Caroline, <laughs> so much for coming on the women who work podcast. It's been such a just fabulous time getting to know you and get to hear your heart yes. and congratulations on your new album this summer. Yeah. Thank you so much. We're I excited appreciate to it. support that. Yeah. Thank you guys. Listeners, thank you again for joining us today for another episode of the Women in Work podcast. We hope that our interview with Caroline Cobb has been an encouragement to you, and we really encourage you to check out her music, her latest album, Psalms. If the Women in Work uh, podcast is something that the Lord has used in your life to help you go about pursuing the call that He's placed on your life, we would ask you to partner with us through giving. You can do that at womenwork.net slash give, or you can purchase our book, Women in Work, Bearing God's Image and Joining in His Mission Through Our Work. Both of those things will go to support the mission of Women in Work. And once again, thank you so much for joining us today.